Hello, and welcome to the Teens for Peace podcast. We are excited you've joined us, whether you're a new or returning listener. Before we get into the content, allow me to introduce myself and a little bit about what I'm setting out to do. My name is Max Hyman. I'm 17 and from the Chicago area, and I have big dreams to make the world a more hospitable, loving, and peaceful place. My vision for that starts with teenagers. See, I've spent over two years exploring the world of teenagers in peacemaking. My project, Teens for Peace in the Middle East, interviews Israeli and Palestinian teenagers to understand their experiences and perspectives on the conflict between their two peoples. Through it, I've found some fascinating trends and patterns. Above all, I discovered that teenagers fit a unique age group in which stereotypes are present, but not yet hardened and unchangeable. So I've made it my mission to share the stories of teenagers in conflicts worldwide to help alter untrue stereotypes about the other before they become set in stone. By building a platform of connected teenagers, I hope to contribute towards a more peaceful world where peace starts in youth. This podcast miniseries will discuss in depth each of the questions I've asked over 30 Israeli and Palestinian teens to examine how different experiences have impacted their views on the conflict between their two peoples. The hope is that by the end of this miniseries, both you and I will have a better idea of how we can promote young people in peacebuilding and understand why young people play such a crucial part not just in conflict, but in bringing about change in multiple contexts. This is the Teens for Peace podcast. Today, for our fifth episode, let's dive into identity. Formation of one's identity is of the utmost importance to a young person, seeking to understand who they are, what they believe, and what values they hold. In such a confusing environment in Israel and Palestine, labels are divisive. Calling oneself an Israeli, or an Arab Israeli, or a Palestinian can not only determine economic outcomes and opportunities, but also how others treat and view you as a member of society. As many of my interviewees have stated, this creates an environment of, quote, you're either with them or with us, and there's no in-between. In each interview, I ask something along the lines of, what is your identity, and how has the conflict changed that identity? Is there shame in the actions your side has taken, or has the conflict made you strengthen your identity? Marcel, 18-year-old Arab-Israeli-Palestinian, has struggled with forming and solidifying his identity throughout his life because he's been made to feel that he's a traitor, no matter how he introduces himself. So, it's very different depending on where you look from which perspective. Like, if, if you're an American, you might see it differently. If you're Jewish from Israel, you might see it differently. My My major... Like conflict is, okay, if I choose to be a fully Israeli, that means I'm a traitor to the people who who, who, who are Palestinian. But if, if I become fully Palestinian, it means that I am a terrorist or I am part of an un, like unrecognized part of the world. And this is the type of, it's, it's like Arab Israelis exist in the middle. It's like if you have a, a piece of land here and a piece of land here, we are the bridge that keeps going from here to here. And you have many people who are extreme in my community who decide to just say that they are Palestinian. And this is the type of people who are more politically involved or more anti-Israel. And you have people who are more uh, leaning to the Israeli side, people who are like... Uh, like Christians, uh, Arab Christians who joined the army and all of that. And 
this is the, this gray area that we exist in. This is the part of problem that comes with being Arab Israeli. Marcel wants to incorporate both himself and his family into his identity. Feeling that he is Israeli, as he has been raised and lives in what he considers to be Israel, while also understanding that his family is Palestinian and Arab. With not knowing what to do when you're faced with the question that, are you with them or are you with us? And this question comes from both sides. And that's kind of why I say Arab Israeli Palestinian, because I lived in, I, I, I grew up in Israel, it's part of my identity, but I still enforce the idea that I am Palestinian because that's what my family is. This is what, I live in Kfar Qasim, it's one of the biggest Muslim Palestinian towns and like major, uh, most Palestinian Arabs. And this is, we, we have, uh, my town was involved with, um, uh, we have a lot of history in our, our town, specifically like we had a massacre happen in our town nearly in 1956 after Israel uh, was founded. And it, it's part of our town's history to reinforce that Palestinian identity, which comes with the Arab-Israeli kind of presence here. He sees himself and those like him as integral to the fabric of society where he lives, acting as the bridge between Israelis and Palestinians, identifying with aspects of both societies. The, quote, gray area of being Arab-Israeli caught between two peoples is, in Marcel's eyes, both a problem and an identity in and of itself. He's often faced with the question of, are you with them or with us, and he doesn't exactly know how to respond. But maybe that, in itself, is the correct response. Maybe there shouldn't be an immediate, all-encompassing answer, and maybe the problem lies in how that question is asked. Dona, 16-year-old Palestinian, is proud of her origins and her background, but is worried. Okay, so I think in some place I thought that I, like, I'm thinking about what can I learn in the future? In what place can I work? What's my career going to be? And the direct answer that all the time I get is, I don't think you will be able to work in this place because they only hire Jews, because they have to, to trust them. And I think that's the most thing that frustrates me ever about racism, because you can't actually develop yourself. Like, you're going to just stay in the, play, in the safe zone. Like, you're going to play it safe. And I don't think it's actually safe, because if you don't, succeed in your life I don't think that you will get money and money in in this place in this country is it's what supplies you with safe like with safety if you don't have money then I don't think you are safe here Dona isn't sure she'll have access to the careers and opportunities she desires because of who she is and where she comes from. She tells us that this creates a difficult internal struggle. Should she embrace who she is and who she wants to be, or distance herself from the term Palestinian in hopes of being more successful in life? For her, identity is a constant worry. She believes she must sacrifice either her true identity or her financial and physical safety. She says, as a Palestinian, you can't develop yourself in Israel. 
And whether this is a belief that has been implanted in her or one she has learned through watching others, Dona sincerely believes that it is necessary to distance herself from who she is in order to improve herself as a person. Alyssa is also uniquely qualified to discuss identity. As a self-proclaimed 17-year-old Russian-Ukrainian-Israeli-Palestinian, since I have a very clear view of what I want to do, I want to be prime minister someday. I think of everything as what will get me there. So at some place, I think I can't <coughs> claim to represent my people, as in Israelis or something, if I haven't done something like idea, <coughs> which in many ways defines what the people are, it defines them. Yeah. And that, I think, pulls me in that direction a bit. You know? Yeah. Because I live to create myself a path towards a very specific position. And I can't afford to, like, stray from it. Alyssa is in a similar boat to Dona. She must retrofit her identity now in order to reach her goals later in life. She claims she wants to be prime minister, but understands that this can only happen if she embraces the Israeli within her and rejects the important, but in her eyes, problem-causing in the politics world, Palestinian side. Her goals, quote, pull her in the direction of being more Israeli. In other words, Alyssa sees an Israeli society that won't grant her political success unless she emphasizes the purely Israeli part of herself that won't let her be her complete self. 16-year-old Palestinian Shad detailed me a little bit about her experience in school regarding embracing one's identity, telling me that she was encouraged to become more Israelified in school instruction. She then talked about how Okay, so I believe like it, that it's a constant identity crisis because on one hand you were born in this country, but at the same time you have these Palestinian roots in you, so you don't necessarily have that sense of belonging to the country itself, but rather to the land, if that makes sense. And like uh, I say that I mainly identify as Palestinian because, uh, well, my people have... Uh, gone through a lot have had their fair share of massacres and uh, discrimination and were subjected to military rule until uh the late 1960s if i'm not wrong uh, we do still suffer from discrimination a lot of things uh, such as um land confiscation home demotions um systematic racism and high crime rates so uh but i, I wouldn't say it's as latent as what um, people in the West Bank and East Jerusalem and Gaza encounter. But I think it's the struggle that we go through is a huge part in why we choose to identify as Palestinians rather than uh, Israelis. There's a lot to unpack there, but what stuck out most to me is what Shahad said regarding loyalty to the land, not to the country. A love of the land and a sense of belonging to it 
Combined with the dark history of her people, she says, is the reason she identifies herself as Palestinian. As a young teenager, and even earlier, Shad and others are forced to reconcile school curriculum with the beliefs expected of her from her tighter community and family. She doesn't want to be forced to choose between what her Arab town's Israeli school demands of her and what her family demands of her to believe. Mihal, 16-year-old Israeli, watches in frustration at the Israeli media and education system, calling into question how she wants to identify herself. Yeah, the propaganda is utterly disgusting here in Israel. Like, like you see the TV, and you see that there are only propagandists speaking about Arabs, and this person who exploded, and this person who killed someone, and blah, 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 blah. And you never hear from Jews who stabbed someone in, in Al-Aqsa, which happened like, I don't know, a year ago, or when it was the Jerusalem day, and there was a video of them screaming, like, Muhammad Med, which means, like, Muhammad died. You know, making fun of the Palestinians. Right. Stuff like that it happens. Like, a lot of media doesn't show it. They just show that Israel's great, and they are trying to kill us. Mihal sees bias in the way information about the conflict is presented to her. It's not that she doesn't want to be Israeli, but that she wants Israelis to do better. And that's a fair thing to ask. She wishes she could be 100% confident in calling herself a proud Israeli, unequivocally behind her leaders, but it's difficult to do so when she hears about an injustice not being reported or being reported unfairly by people she is supposed to support as a lover of her country and her people. In short, Michal should be able to love Israel and be a proud Israeli because of the efforts Israel is making towards peace. She shouldn't have to be ambivalent about being Israeli because of the lack of this peace-building effort. 15-year-old Israeli Aliyah has experienced significant racism from Palestinians calling her a killer, with the intent of making her ashamed of who she is. Um, they just showed me, like, they didn't know me. They called me killer um, and things like that. And when people asked me if I will go to the army, um, it's something that I have to do. And it's something when I said yes, they called me also again a killer and that I my my country is killing a fighting kids and things like that and they don't was really nice to me and it was really really hard. Aliyah loves Israel. She loves being Israeli. But being Israeli means compulsory military service, something for which Aliyah feels she receives hatred for. Every day, Aliyah says she must wake up expecting to be criticized for being Israeli and having to reinforce her pride in her country. In this, Aliyah feels that she loses who she is. She is not a killer, and if what these people say is true, she cannot then be Israeli. But if she is not Israeli, who is she? That's the root of this problem. The development of stereotypes we've discussed in previous episodes is at the center of it all. What it seems that all Israelis are killers or all Palestinians are killers and one expresses that to an Israeli or Palestinian, that person often loses their way, questioning who they are and if they are, indeed, 
a killer by association just because of their ethnic makeup. But when bias and stereotypes are successful, when they successfully implant the supposed one-sidedness of the conflict within someone, identity can be dangerous in the other direction. Teenagers are told by the media, by their parents, by their teachers, not to think outside of the box, that the other side is made up of murderers, and that that's the entire truth, that you should be proud that we're on the correct side. Using this correct type of terminology is a bit troubling to me. 17-year-old Michal says, I'm really proud to be the Israeli side because we don't start a war. I, I say it again because we don't start a war. Usually, they just sending us raketot and start fight and yeah. start to do like big thing that hurt many people and I, I think that I'm really proud to be the Israeli side. She says this with a grin on her face. I agree that it's important to have an identity. After all, we've just learned the dangers of losing one. However, being unwilling or unable to question one's own, quote, side is dangerous. Michal's words paint a picture composed of black and white with little to no gray area. They send rockets to us. They hurt thousands of people, thousands of our people. No words are spoken about her own people and their flaws. It is of the utmost importance that we step away from the black and white into the gray area, allowing and certainly encouraging people to be critical of all sides and to always be questioning in order to find the truth, to find their personal truth and their personal identity. Shraga, 18-year-old Israeli, tells me... Um, so I identify as a uh, religious Zionist Israeli Jew. Um, I think Judaism and being Israeli are very connected because uh, we're called Jews because of where we come from, uh, Judah. A while ago and israel is now where we come from so i think that's like jewish and israeli are very connected you can't be like you can be a jew then you're technically israeli so it's it's a complicated thing that i would love to talk right. to you about more afterwards but um so i consider myself at that label or that set of labels um i try to avoid using labels in terms of uh, like classifying people like i, I want to hear people's like thoughts and not just the labels and classify them sure um but i don't think that the conflict has really impacted my my view on my own label and there are people who fit my label who have done some pretty terrible things um there was this one attack in uh, Hebron, um of this one guy that went and shot up a bunch of people um and then his gun jammed and then he got killed by the uh by the arabs who were there um, and I'm pretty ashamed of that, but I wouldn't say I'm ashamed of my label. Um, in terms of my label, I think that um, the people who fit my label are generally doing the uh, the right thing. Um, but I wouldn't say that the conflict has really affected that more than maybe the other way around. In short, Shraga has found a way to simultaneously take pride in what he calls his labels as an Israeli Jew and even as a Zionist, while also acknowledging that his group isn't perfect, that in fact they're far from it. 
Shraga embodies a crucial middle ground, being proud of who he is and knowing who he is, but also knowing that there is a gray area, and that not every action taken by someone with his description is one done righteously. He knows there is change to be made, work to be done, on all sides, and that he can be both proud of who he is, while also distancing himself from those who label themselves similarly, but who contribute to continuing hatred and violence. After participating in Peace Camp, a peace-building program that brings together Israelis and Palestinians for dialogue in a camp setting, 18-year-old Israeli, Moore, shares his story. During the program, I tried not to see myself as part of, you know, the Israeli Jewish group that are against the Palestinian group. Um, I tried to take myself out of that equation and be, I don't know, a bit cliche, but to be myself, to say what I think, not what I should in order to, you know, protect the Jewish-Israeli narrative. Um, I think my own narrative is very different from most Jewish-Israelis, um, although there are a lot of people that probably agree with me in what I believe in, but I think my identity didn't really change, but I think I understood a lot more about the importance of what you said, about the how you identify yourself in that whole scenario, in that whole conflict. Like the the words, even the like the terminology that you use is very important to how you perceive this conflict. Moore says that his identity itself didn't change, but that he gained a more nuanced, complex, and complete picture of what he believes after removing himself from the typical narrative that he is supposed to support as a member of the quote, Jewish-Israeli camp. Moore says that he can still be proud of being Jewish and being Israeli, while not fully agreeing with the beliefs traditionally attributed to those groups. In taking the time to listen and to search himself and his beliefs, Moore is able to be confident in what he believes in and form his own identity within terms like Jewish and Israeli. Mo, 18-year-old Arab-Israeli, participated in both Peace Camp and Budo for Peace, an organization that brings together people from all walks of Middle Eastern life to learn about martial arts. Actually, it didn't change me at all from that side. It's just like I've always identified myself as Arab-Israeli. Like, that's what, who I am. And I think I'm ashamed. No, I'm not ashamed. And also, I'm, I'm not like, you know, that kind of person who's very proud and, you know, just bragging that I am th- I'm Arab and I do that. I can do that because I am Arab. And, you know, uh, no, I'm not that type. I have, I'm equal with everything, everybody else. Like, we're the same. That's why I just, like, tell people who I, what I am. Like, I'm Arab Israeli when they ask me. Like, I'm not that, like, I'm Israeli. That's for sure. Like, yeah, where are you from? I'm from Israel. And if they, you know, go deep in it, like, yeah, I'm Arab Israeli. I'm Muslim. I'm blah, 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 all that stuff. He says that he is able to find a balance between being ashamed of and proud of one's identity, while maintaining a sense of equality with his peers and those around him. Mo feels that while his participation in peacebuilding programs did not change his identity, it strengthened his emphasis on the importance of identity and becoming confident in who you are while respecting all others for who they are. That was a lot. So what can we learn from these various lessons? And what change can we make? 
Firstly, we must understand that creating a secure identity is difficult for anyone, let alone in this situation. At the age of 11, or even younger, children are asked to define themselves, to determine if they are with them or with us, without understanding who them and us even are, and what those terms signify. When they reaffirm the identity given to them, many begin to think that there is no gray area, that one side is completely right and the other completely wrong, an idea often enforced by media and curriculum. And when one begins to question their identity in an environment where identity determines much more than social standing, they become confused and lose who they are. It is difficult to find any middle ground that cements an identity, but allows for exploration and nuance. But it must be encouraged. It's okay to be Israeli or Palestinian. That label alone doesn't and can never make you a killer. Rather, stereotypes leading people to call you this are the reason those accusations are flung. As a global society, we can encourage this middle ground by promoting more dialogue-based programming, whether it be in schools or in independent settings. By talking, teens can explore that gray area without losing who they are and come away a more knowledgeable person. Only on this foundation can we build a society that doesn't push people to change who they are, but pushes people to keep an open mind. That will about wrap it up for our fifth episode, but if you enjoyed, stay tuned for more and check out our work at teenspeace.org, where you can look at more interviews and some of our other work. Teens for Peace looks forward in the near future to some new projects, collaborating on professional research among teen attitudes, and the creation of a new multi-sided curriculum. Again, I'm Max Hyman for the Teens for Peace podcast. Thanks for listening.